Welcome to this week's edition of Tuesdays with Torah with Rabbi Mayor Bodner. Every week we'll explore some Torah values that will help us grow, understand, and be more successful in our lives and relationships. We try to hone in on subjects and ideas that are not readily known or available and explore and enlighten them through our Torah scholars of past and present to get a better understanding of what the Torah wants from us and how we can greatly enhance our lives, goals, and relationships with others and Hashem. We welcome your comments and suggestions and we'll try to incorporate them in our show. Here's Rabbi Bodner. Hope you enjoy. Okay, Shalom Aleichem. Welcome everybody to Tuesdays with Torah. See, whenever you're ready, I'm ready. <laughs> Not really. Sorry. No, I'm serious. <laughs> Peace and love. Okay, um, so we uh, are talking about a very important thing that that we actually need. Uh, when you buy a house, we're up to a... Um, the uh, very, very important, um, the important advice from the Pelioids, who's a, who's a very, very accepted, uh, very, very accepted tzaddik that lived about 225 years ago, Eliezer Papa, and um, the stipler had said to people that this is a safer that you should learn every day in your Musr. You should learn Mesilis Yisharim and this safer. Because it's mus- more Musr for life. It's Hashkafa for life. Yes, that's what he says. So uh, this is uh, what, one of the things we're going through. And we're up to this week um, about his advice on building new, new homes, buying new homes, which are Mitzvah Shem. Everybody here should be able to be Zaycha to do um, in the near future. Okay? We just had the real estate agent walk in now, of, of all times. So uh, it was uh, perfect, perfect uh, timing. Yeah, he, ta- he timed it that way. Okay, uh, commission for every home, so uh, to, the, to the shul. Okay, so, um, so uh, it's like this. So he says it's very, very interesting. In those days, right, uh, 225 years ago, you didn't just buy homes, it was more, mostly building homes. You came to a shtetl, and you wanted to put extra homes together, you, wanted to, you bought a piece of land, you built a home. So he says as follows, he says, you build a home, you got to do it, no problem. He says, but how do you know the budget? How do you budget yourself? So he says, you should get a price, you should look around, you know, obviously, get different prices. And um, from one from Yankel, one from uh, Chaim Dovid, and uh, you know. <laughs> so. So anyway, so he says. But this is what he said two hundred and twenty-five years ago. Whatever budget you write down, and you plan for, you put away for. He says it's not going to work. So you should know that it's no way that you could budget. Whenever you budget, it's always going to be, and not less. It will never be less, it will be more. Always. So whatever you budget, you should. So how do you know? So if you're saying that, how do I know how much to budget if I should build a house? So he says, see that everyone, anyone who built will say, yeah, yeah, sure. But he's saying it's before you build. He's saying that you should always, um, you should budget for double. Two times. He says, you're ready to build a house. If you have two times that price, 
then do it. If you have no way of getting it, and let's say you have just exact enough, or not even the bank is not going to, you have nowhere to pull, then, or you can't do it slowly, the way to do it, many people do it is, you know, you, you, you see people move into the house and like there's, there's bare bulbs hanging and no, car- no carpet yet, furniture is old, you know, that's okay, that's fine. You know, you wait, you build yourself back up, and when you have a little extra, more extra money, you, uh, you, you finish up and you, and you get the furniture. <clears throat> but, um, so there has to be some sort of cheshven to go into it and, and, and nowadays we see it's not different. With the technology, and this he said, by the way, double it was before there was no plumbing, there was no HVAC then. Mm-hmm. Maybe they had fan. I don't even think they had electric. Two hundred, two hundred and twenty-five. When did electric uh, come out? 18, I don't know. Eighteen. Okay, so maybe, maybe there was a little electric, you know, a little. But um, but probably not. It was like uh, you know, how much is how much is a is a, yeah no roofing was they definitely had roofing. But how much is the chandeliers with the candles on it? You know what I mean? It's like uh, you butter it up. And there's no, you don't connect it. There's no there's no point charge from electric uh, electricity. One hundred eighty to two hundred fifty dollars each point, right? Depending on, on the on the fixture, he knows. I'm just pointing because he just built a house, uh, Ruven here. So uh, he uh, he's yeah he's nodding every, everything. So he, he said, but this was amazing to say this so many years ago without without knowing to tell you. So he says, do not um, go into it now. Perhaps renovations is a little bit less. Building from the ground up is closer to double. The less you do, the less he says, the less you have to do, do. And he says, so what do you do if it's double? He says, the best is, this is good for real estate agents, is to buy something already done. Oh, yeah. Right, when you buy something already done, this is what it is. You have, this is your house. Obviously, there could be, you know, after you move in, you know, things will start to fall down. But, but, uh, but, but you basically have what's done already. This is done, right? And, 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 and that's it. You know, so you're, you're budgeting for that. The do, more you can make money on it. Well, of course, of course, and, and also you're living to your spare, and if you could afford it, right, if you could be, you know, Baruch Hashem, God gave you money, and, and you know, you you use it, you know, 100%, me too. And that's mentioned by everyone. Are we buying the building? Yeah, the building, unfortunately. Anyway, I don't know if it's times four, but it's definitely, maybe, no, maybe, maybe not, because even today, today we have better, right, correct, we have better estimating tools than they had those days, right? But, but look what happened. Let me, let me give the example. A lot of people, like, building today will tell you this. What happened was, we started building. Chaim can tell me he's in the, he's in the construction industry. We, they started to build, and now Biden came in as president, and, and everything, or raw materials didn't double, triple, it quadrupled. It went from five times. It went from... It went from uh, $160 for, for uh, um, lumber. A, a lumber to uh, 16 it was that 10 times even. Um, it, everything went, people, I just met somebody who has, who has um, he, he brings in from, from China, he says containers went up six times the price. Everything went up. As soon as Biden came in, Inflation. boom, everything, and there's nothing to do about it. And you're stuck in the middle of building a house, None every single stuck. thing. Every everything everything went up. Everything so so all all of the very very fancy estimating tools 
doesn't do you good when this happens, right? But and this ha- it's not this; it's something else. It always said, well, we didn't know that uh, this was going to be. They changed the law, and when you're living in a in a, a a state that's very unstable like this, you know, all of a sudden, like they have, they they started building, and now they have the green law. You know, you have to do, um, you know, sixty five percent solar, and it's so so many things happen that if you don't put not prepared that something is going to happen. Um, then, then it's a problem. So that's why it says if you have have a chance and you can you buy something ready made, yeah. Now. However, if um, if um, if you if you can't, you you build. He says also it's very very important that when you do you shouldn't when you do buy you shouldn't buy from a guy. Now this was this was those days ago. You shouldn't go buy from a guy because a guy would build. Now this might not be Nigeria now, especially not in America. A guy builds for. A guy builds for his avoid desire. So very good. Yes. Muslim is not an idol. Mara, no, right. Neither, neither, neither is Yashka. Neither is is um is is, is the right Jesus of our. Not that's not considered avoid desire. It's not our religion. So it's left is if you go to Hindu, if you go to the Hindus, are avoid desire. If you go there, right. How about these statues outside the lion with the elephant and the? No, that's not avoid desire. Okay, so he he said a very he said an amazing thing. When was it Nagaya? When we came into Eretz Yisrael from the Midbar, we came in, the, they were all doing Avodah Zarah. The whole land of Israel was all full of Avodah Zarah at that time. These are religious so, people, so, uh, quote-unquote? No, 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 the Goyim. The Goyim had the uh, non-Jews. When we came, they had no Israel then. When we came from Egypt, and we went into Eretz Yisrael, we came into our land, and listen to this, what he says. Listen to what he says, it's amazing. He says, so what happened? People... You know, took over. They didn't buy the houses. They just killed the the, the Canaanites and they and they moved in. Right? That's what God said they should do. So they moved in and they moved into the houses. But the houses were built by the Zer. Now Hashem wants to shower bracha on our houses, right? If it's built in a Zer, seeped in a Zer, Hashem could do whatever He wants. Right? He could do it. But it's it's not a perpetuous, a good time for Him to send bracha when you have a ha- living in a house. So what did He do? He sent an, uh, He sent the nega. Right? Um, <laughs> I, 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 and, and he sent he sent a tsaras. Yeah, I set that up. Okay, so uh, but I, I'll deny it. Um, anyway, he sent he sent a tsaras onto the house, and the house had to be destroyed. So now they had to destroy the whole house. They built it up. People thought, "Oh my gosh." I have to b- knock down my whole house. Really, little do they realize it's for your benefit. It's so you could build a house and have so much bracha in your house. But what happened? They had to knock it down. Now, they don't have money to rebuild. So what does Hashem do? Then the walls, they find, they knocked it down. They find the treasure. treasure. And now they're able to build a house. And that's, so it's, I never heard this before. It's the first time I heard this. That besides for finding a treasure, Hashem wanted them to have a house that's built by Kedusha Batara, by Yidin, so they could be, have loads of bracha in there. Okay, so that's, that's very important when we build our house, that there should be loads. When building, he goes on to say that it should be Bikdusha, you shouldn't build with Averis, right? I know people ask me, and you're not allowed to have a guy, even a contractor, contrary to, to popular belief, if it's a contractor, it doesn't matter, you can't have him build it on Shabbos. You have to tell him, on Shabbos, you're out of here. 
He says, no, what do you care? No, 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 no. You're out of here. There are exceptions. There are exceptions. If it's, um, I'm not going to get into all the halachas now. Not in a Jewish place, and nobody knows that, that, that it's your house. That's oh, well, very if you're few. You're a big developer. Everybody knows you're Jewish. Then it's no good. Then you can't even do it in 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 uh, in uh, Omaha, Nebraska. Oh, really? Know? Correct. If everyone knows that that's your place, and people can be, can be passing there and say, uh, you, you, pay them, you pay them. You pay them. Doesn't matter. That's the law, my friend. That doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. There's Shabbos. Shabbos. You got to take a little. Tell them, listen. You have off on Saturday. And if Shabbos keeps on. What's going to happen? You work on Saturday. No, nothing. You're right. This is what we saw. If it was easy, then everyone would do it, right? We're we're from a Yiddin because sometimes it's it's not easy, you know. It, take, it costs a little pesos, right? So anyway, nothing. You're not allowed to have a guy work for you on Shabbos. Absolutely, absolutely. Very good, very good. So that's something you have to build b'kedusha. And you have to, you should build it with certain, uh, somebody was in, in, actually somebody in, in Brooklyn built this big beautiful mansion and uh, they built a foundation and then they had one day, I didn't see it, the friend driving by, he sees it, he stops, he goes, what's going on here? On the slab, they just had, they had dug down and on, on the slab they had, they had a bunch of curl people and there was a guy giving shear. The guy hired this um, this 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 yeah, this Kylo who's giving a shear. He hired him for the morning seder and the shear to come learn on his slab. He had somebody bring the shtenders, the chairs, and he made a huge feast. And so he wanted to start his foundation, his his on Bikdusha with a shiur and a uh, beautiful yes well, yes yes. It's definitely correct. So anybody out there that wants to build a house and wants us this year to come Tuesday nights, we're available. Um, the steaks that are necessary are going to be skirt steaks, uh, cowboy steaks, and the like. But we'll we'll be there. You know that's uh, absolutely as long as the weather's good. Okay, and good wine. Yes. Um, anyway, so that is a way to build a house. You build a bikdusha batara and. Um, it's it's uh, it's very important that you you start to and a lot of times you see the Belzareba when he built his shul he himself went down and he put some of the foundation down. That is building it bekedusha. So remember this because you're gonna, you're going to forget this, Zalmo. You're going to forget this when you're building a house. So pay attention because I'm not going to repeat it. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Wherever you build, whether you build in Uman or whether you build in in uh, in Mexico or where were you last week? Peru, that's fine. Wherever you want to build, make sure you start. You bring the shear down when you have the foundation. Okay. Next, um, better he said. Oh, guys, when you buy, it always happens. I bet no, it didn't happen with you. Okay, it, listen to this. It always happens. A guy moves in. Somebody who one of us, uh, one of our big members, moved uh, somewhere upstate. Also happened by him. It's like the last minute he says, "Oh, I forgot about mezuzahs, right?" Mm-hmm. So you got to, you should put on nice mezuzahs. No. But it's expensive, by the way. People don't realize. I couldn't do it without mezuzahs. Exactly. Yes, you cannot. Ten people to say a. 
that? I never heard of that. But anyway, it could be, it could be. But lemaisa, lemaisa, could be. I'm just in here. Lemaisa, the halacha is you cannot live in your house one night. Without a mezuzah. Oh, people are going to say 30 days. No, 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 no. Don't make a mistake. 30 days is only for renters. One, one night, you cannot move in. So somebody could call me up. It was like late at night. No, you can't sleep in your hat. Well, you can if, uh, whatever. If it's, uh, but it's no shmira. It's no, uh, you, need, you need. It's on the whole family. What if somebody else is sleeping there, a guest? Doesn't matter. You can't. You can't be in a house. You're supposed to have. A, you you can. So if you rent the place. You're allowed. To you rent. You have up to thirty days. Rent. Why? So why? Why? Because it's not your shvisa. You want to know? You want to know one of the behind it? Because there's no shvisa of stam rentals thirty days. If it's a hotel, you don't need. Because less than thirty days, it's like a hotel. A hotel, you don't need a mezuzah. If you rented it, you spent. You spent four hundred and eighty dollars on that hotel room that night. Uh-huh. Maybe it's yours that night. No, that's not Most yours. Don't own their houses but when you rent for thirty days, it's like you own it. Doesn't matter. Mortgage doesn't help. That doesn't matter. You're responsible. Okay, we'll get to all that later on. Okay, the best way we'll get, we'll get to. It. Okay, the best way to do it is to buy a nice mezuzah. I heard from Rabbi uh, Mansour tells tells me. Somebody calls him up and tells the rabbi, can you come down and um, put on mezuzahs on my house? He says, sure. He says, uh, do you have all your mezuzahs? No, 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 I only have the one for the front door with the glass. You should see it, rabbi, it's beautiful. Uh, but could you buy the mezuzahs? So he says, sure, no problem. Um, what kind of mezuzahs do you want me to get to you? He says, uh, well, how much do they cost? So he says, well, between $36 to $180. So which one do you want? He says, um, you know what? Give me a 60, 70. You know what? Give me a $75 one. So he comes, okay. He didn't know what he was. He comes, he sees this gorgeous house. He sees this beautiful house. And he comes and he puts on the mezuzah. He says, uh, he gives him a bracha. He says, let me ask you a question. This doorknob is, is something beautiful. He goes, oh, Rabbi, that doorknob. That doorknob came from Spain. Do you know that the crystals on that, that's Swarovski crystals. He says, wow, this is gorgeous. How much is this? I got a good deal on that door, those doorknobs. They cost $1,800 each. He says, my friend, you're spending $1,800. You can't spend $180 on, a, on, a, on the best mezuzah. He says, what, what do you think? That's going to watch you? The doorknob's not going to watch you. The mezuzah's going to watch you. And the same story, my brother told me this story, true story. A guy came into um, uh, a farm store to buy, to buy. Uh, it's a famous story. A guy came into a farm store to, to buy mezuzahs. So he's showing him, I need mezuzahs. He says, here's the $50 ones. There's no 50 anymore. It's probably, the bottom is 65 maybe. Everything went up. No, 30 is puzzle, guaranteed. Okay, you show it to me, I'll show, I'll, sh- I'll guarantee that it's puzzle. Anyway, do they, uh, this is his father. Is there 30? No. He has no market. No, he has 75. Okay. He only sells, he only sells good ones that start at 75. Start at 75. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll argue later. We'll argue later. Next, let's talk about what happened. The guy comes into the store. The guy comes into the store and he says, show me the mezuzahs. He shows him, okay, here's 50. Here's ones. Look, you like it? Man, it looks like scribble. You know, here's, a, here's a 75. Well, it looks much nicer. Here's 100. Wow. Here's 180. Oh, those are beautiful. Wow. 
He goes, what's... Th-? And then he's putting away the stuff. He goes, no, no, what, there's another folder with a bunch of mizzahs. What's so you do that? Nah, that's not for you. He says, that's not for Balabatim. Balabatim, you know, people who have who are businesses and, and, and are building houses. That's not for... He says, well, who, who's it for? That's for the Kyle people. He goes, oh, maybe he's thinking, maybe I'll get a deal. I'll get the curl, curl thing for 40 bucks. He goes, uh, let me see. Says, I'm telling you, he says, it's, you're not, it's not for Balabatim. It's not for you. So he says, let me see it. He sees it. He sees beautiful. He goes, wow. He says, these are beautiful. How much are they? He says, they're 250. It's 250 for a mezuzah? He says, I told you, it's not for you. Balabatim never buy this. <laughs> he says, the only ones that buy this are Kyle Young and Light that value this. And they find somehow, I don't know where, but they find the money for it. They'll find it. That's their, their, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. True story. I, they, he didn't want to show it to him. I'm not, he makes money, but he didn't want to show it to him. Anyway, see, he's saying $250. You know, a guy spends a whole day, and he goes to the mikvah before, and he writes that thing, and he puts his, his kedusha into it. It's not worth 250 I mean, I'm not saying my missus, don't look at my missus. I'm not saying I spent that. But, uh... Anyway, that's very, very important. Okay, so the best way, though, to go to make your house is, is special is buy, is getting an insurance policy. What's the best insurance policy that you can have for your house? Besides from the mezuzahs, is inviting, doing mitzvahs with your house. Inviting guests, hachnasas archim, and if... If you have, right, and of course, of course, make sure that your house, when you're building a house, it's a binyan ma'at, it's a base of migdash ma'at. Rabbi says, when you have a house and you build it, it's like a small base of migdash. You're inviting Hashem in by putting on the mezuzah, by creating a house for Yidin of mitzvahs. You're inviting Hashem, of course. You don't want to have stuff that Hashem's going to come in and be embarrassed about. Right? We don't have to explain. Okay? If you have, you need Wi-Fi, get that filter. That's the most important thing you can get for your house, is that filter for the Wi-Fi. And, and so you can have, so Hashem won't be embarrassed coming in and living, because He's living in there with you. So that's, the, and, and anything else that you want, any magazines, you want to make sure to look at them before you bring them into your house. Right? If it's not so, well, maybe don't look at them. Right, 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 you know. Have your wife or somebody else look at them. Okay. But the bottom line is that's how to bring bracha. That's how to bring bracha in your house, but also is by inviting guests. Now, let's talk about that because that's a, 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 sore, a sore subject here because uh, we have this so many people here in Farakaway and all over and everywhere that there's so many people that need that need places and, and you know, people are very understandable. They can't have guests and they don't want to have guests because it's uh, too hard for my wife and it's, it's late and I don't have so much room. And, and the guests don't care about what, kind, what are you serving. Well, some of them do. But um, they don't care about how much room you have. They care about having a warm place. There's so many people that that you can't call people last minute, you have to call me on Tuesday, because I have to appear, and it's, it's a big problem, because people don't invite, now, single guys, you could also invite, there's no excuse for you guys either, right, there's no excuse, I'm sorry, there's no excuse for you, if you, if you put together a nice suda, and you have, uh, you do it, I'll come to you, I'll come, I'm no problem, 
<laughs> I would love to. Do we you put together a nice, yeah, sure, you put together, but it's not for me. The best is for people, no, I'm serious. The, you want to invite a Geschmacker guy, I'm not saying I'm Geschmacker, but you want to invite a Geschmacker guy, someone funny, yes, you want to invite the people who are needy, the people who are not the most interesting, the people that are, 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 are single, a little strange, we don't have anybody in our shul, but it doesn't matter. You find those people, find that there's people who find, you can find them in, in, in shuls, in mikvahs, and these are the people that need, that don't have, they're sitting alone and they're so hard for them to find. If you invite these people, the Svaramakadosh will guarantee you, you're going to have bracha in your house, you're going to have simcha, you're going to be able to marry off your children easy, you're going to be able to have a, have a, there's so many guarantees for when you have guests, right? There's, there's, there's a mayor. The Gemara says Rameir, his he got he he got a certain bracha, and his wife got a better bracha. Okay, one of the bracha was is that uh, they they had to run into they they hid into an oven, and in the oven, they uh, they were saved even though it was a hot burning oven, but his feet got singed, and his wife's feet did not get singed. So he so he asked he uh, why why did my wife do more than me? I sit and learn. I, I give so much stucker. I do this. He says, "You know why? Because you get stucker. You give a guy hundred and fifty dollars. She cooks the food and gives them with a smile. It's ready to eat. It's so much better. It's a bigger bracha. So this is a way that we can really enhance our house. That is is by inviting these people, right? Um, Tovia made a, a chat now for for Haknas it's a beautiful thing. Nice. It's it, that, that's fine. my son-in-law also. But this is such an important thing that's so not talked about. The Zerah If I say this vart, anybody else without saying who it is, they'd say I'm the most modern rabbi. It's most controversial. The Zerah Shimshin says this this week's this last week's parsha. First vart. Look it up. Zerah Shimshin says a vart. It says that um, when you when you uh, when you do chesed and you do good, Hashem's going to take away any stumbling block from you. So Zara Shemshin asks, what do you mean? What kind of stumbling blocks? He says, I'll tell you what it means. It means when you listen to this, and if I'm not saying it, the Zara Shemshin says it. When you come to Shul, you want to spread, you want to put a smile. You want to be nice, you want to make somebody else smile. You say hello to him. But you say hello to him, maybe you're not going to want to say hello to him because it's in a shul, you're not supposed to talk in a shul. And right? And and you're it's in a shul, and perhaps Shimon is even davening Shema. He says, you do your part. What it means is, do good, and Hashem will put a stumbling block is, means that you, you're afraid that you're going to put a stumbling block by making Him answer you back in the middle of Shema. He says, you don't, that's not your problem. You say hello, you smile at Him, greet Him, and don't worry about putting a stumbling block. This is the Zerah Shemshin. Okay, this is, this is a very, very first part of Parshish Nasai. This is what He says. This is how important it is. Of course, we're not allowed to talk in shul. We have a no-talk policy. But, but the point is, he says, that when everybody talks about that, every single shul talks about how no... Does, did anybody say anything about we have people in town that are eating alone? Is there any campaigns? There's so many no... Is there any campaigns? Let's not have one person at home. There should not be anybody sitting at home alone. You should have a campaign, make sure, not no talking, no eating alone in shul. Right? The many people, how many people come to shul 
and they have a kiddush, and that's their that's their suda, right? We all. Uh, so a guy that wants it, it's fine. You know, a lot of people want to do that. They want to go to sleep. You know, fine. But people, other people have no choice. And this is something which is so important that we should do, and that's going to bring bracha. I'm going to end off with one story, beautiful story from from uh, Rabbi Krohn. It's an amazing story, and um, it has. It, it, it's not exactly Hachnasus Archim, but it's about uh, it's about doing Chesed and having it come back to you, right? Like Shlomo Melch says, Shlach Lach Alayam Alamayim, send out your bread on the waters, right? Kibirayv Hayamim Timseini, you're going to find it. It's going to come back to you, you, your children, your your when times when you need it. And the Chasidim Taich Shlach Lach Alach. What's a Lach is a left. Smile at people. Always smile. It's going to come back to you. When you're down, you need a little chizik. That Those people that you cheered up, you send it out, it's going to come back to you. You ever heard this word? Yes. So, um, so Lamaisa, Lamaisa, the story goes as follows. It's, not, it's, it's, it's a beautiful story. It happened, I have a friend, his name is Dave Weber. He lives, he comes from Hamilton. And, but I didn't hear the story from him. But this is, there's a place 20 miles outside of Toronto. Not Toronto. Toronto. Um, and, and it's a place called Hamilton. Have you ever been there? Yes. Yes. And in this, I bet you didn't know the story. Okay. In Hamilton, there is, um, it was in the 1950s, there was a rabbi. The rabbi's name was Rabbi Daniel Green. And he was a short man who knew Yiddish. And that's probably why they hired him. And um, they, had, they had people, because in the 1950s, was, uh, people spoke Yiddish. There was theaters, all the religious and non-religious, everyone spoke Yiddish. The, the Yiddin spoke Yiddish. We lost it. it was that, but that was the language. And, and, he, and he, um, he was a rabbi there, and he realized that there were three shuls in town. There was his shul, which was dilapidated and falling apart. And then there was the conservative shul, which was beautiful. And the reform show, which was gorgeous, magnificent. And he realized that the younger generation is not going to want to come to his show because of how it looks. They're going to go, he has terrible competition. He knew it was, it was desperate that he had to build a new nice show. Otherwise, he's going to lose the next generation. So he, what did he do? He went to the bank, and that's how it went. He, was, he made a meeting with the bank manager. And uh, he said, I uh, would like to borrow money to build a uh, synagogue, a new synagogue. He says, a what? So he walks into the bank and he sees, yes, to the bank manager. And the bank manager was this, this tall, nice-looking fellow, uh, um, a, uh, a Christian fellow, a guy by the name of... Um, Se- of uh, no, his name was uh, uh, Jake Amy. Jake Amy was uh, the uh, manager of the bank. Now, those days, managers were not like, now we don't have underwriters. We don't, the manager decided on what was going on. And he sat down with him, and he said to him, I need, to, uh, I need a mortgage for my new building. And he started talking to him about it, and, and a membership, and he said to him, well, what kind, what's your denomination of your synagogue? And now, he didn't want to say, Rabbi Green did not want to say Orthodox. He was very scared to say that, but he, he, he knew he had no choice. So he told him. And when he asked him the nomination, he knew he didn't mean what kind of bills <laughs> he, had to, he wanted to give him. He knew what he meant. He says, I am an Orthodox synagogue. And the guy looked at him, and he stopped, and he just stared at him. He goes, oh no, I just did myself in. 
but I said the truth. And then all of a sudden he sees a tear roll down from the bank man, this guy, this tall guy's eye. And he says, okay, what, what now? Now I'm really in trouble. I touched the raw nerve. And he waited, awkward silence, and then he said to him, Rabbi Green, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to manage to get you that loan. I'm going to do everything. I t- I'm going to get it through. I will get you that money. And he says, and if you want to know why, because it doesn't make sense, I want to know why, I'll tell you why. He says, I came from a city um, called Timmins, Timmins, Ontario. But you never heard of that. That's a city that's 400... I didn't look it up, but Rabbi Cronin looked it up. He said it's uh, 400 miles north of Toronto. Very far. He says, he says I came from Timmins, a little, little city. It was the 1920s, and I was um, growing up there, and my father died in a terrible death in a fire. And my mother was left with her, her, her three children and I, and we didn't know what we were going to do. And at that time, there was a general store. That's where they had the general store. He sold everything. There was one store in town, the general store it was called. And they sold clothing, food, everything. And the owner of the general store was a religious, a religious man, an orthodox man, by the name of Sam Bukovetsky. Sam Bukovetsky was the owner. And he uh, came into our house. And he said to my mother, he said, Mrs. Amy, he says, I want to tell you something. I own the store. She says, I know who you are. She says, I want, I want to tell you that if you need clothing for any of your boys, because there were three boys, he says, you come in to my store and you take what you need and I will never ask you for money. If you're able to pay, no problem. But if you can't, and you can pay later, no problem. If you can't pay at all, no problem. I will not ask you for money. You children will not go unclothed. And if you need uh, any food that you need, I want you to come into my store, take what you need, and I will never ask you for money. If you can pay, whatever you can pay, you, you pay. If not, you take it, and I won't ask you for money. We're here to help you. And he said... He said, <clears throat> that's sometimes they took, sometimes they paid, sometimes they didn't pay. He says that was the only way they survived. They survived because of this very, very special person. And he says, when you walked in here, I said, he looks orthodox. I hope he's orthodox. Because I haven't met an orthodox Jew. It's Hamilton, Hamilton, Ontario. They, uh, they, have, they, haven't, they don't have too many orthodox Jews here. And you looked orthodox, and I'm thinking, wow. And I remember... I remember Sam Bukovitsky, and I'm thinking, wow, perhaps I can pay him back. And thank you so much, I can pay you back. And that's not the end of the story, because Mordechai Yaffa, does anyone know of Mordechai Yaffa, who is the principal, the head of May, of uh, Stan's, yes, it stands, you went to May? Yeah. Yeah, Okay, so Rabbi Mordechai Yaffa, he said, he comes, he told his boys, he says, I came from Hamilton, Ohio. And my father was a my father was a Holocaust survivor, so he did not want me to go to Toronto to school. He was too scared. Until I was <coughs> seventeen, eighteen, then I went to Nair Yisrael, and I, you know, I learned there. But until that, I didn't have anything. The only thing I had was a shul. After I went to public school, and after public school, there was the shul 
with Rabbi Daniel Green, and I learned Torah with Daniel Green, and I stayed, and I kept my Yiddishkeit only because I would have never gone. I would have been, at 17, I was a good basketball player, I would have been, I would have been in the leagues, for sure. He says, this person kept me going. He says, boys, I'm here only because of Rabbi Daniel Green, and really, ultimately, only because of, of, of this Mr. Amy that had Hakar Satoyved, and ultimately only because of Sab Bokovitsky, who was kind enough to did a chesed to a guy, to realize that it's Hashem's children. And this is what it means, Shlach Lach Mcha Alamayim. He says, because you're going to find it, it's going to come back. You're going to have generations and generations of from people. You're going to have a rabbi that's coming and teaching so many people Yiddishkeit. You're going to have diaries uh, and diaries of people only because what? Because one person did a chesed. One person did something right. So that's what we learn from here is we want to have something. We want to have a house. We want to have bracha and hatzlacha. We do the right thing. We invite the people. We make sure we have that campaign going. And Amir Tashem, we're going to all see bracha and hatzlacha. And all the amazing brachas. Thank you so much.